Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the, uh, the letter of Romans. We're reading in the book of Romans, uh, the epistle of Romans. Paul wrote this uh, letter to the Roman congregation, the Roman believers. Um, some were or had been Jews and some were Gentiles. And let's uh, see, in chapter 2, now we will remember this is <clears throat> this, this entire uh, book, as we call it, of Romans, is a letter, and it's a very reasoned and logical letter to uh, this group of believers, and it's very long, especially by my standards of a letter, but um, it contains a very logical laying out of the of the gospel and the way Christians should be. Let me see if I can. Uh, it's a very systematically reasoned letter. That's what it is. So, and, and it's about, you know, our salvation through Jesus and Jesus being the Son of God, <clears throat> of course. So, in chapter 2, as we break them up, break it up by chapters. Um, Paul had explained how circumcision and uncircumcision was really a matter of following and believing God and spirituality now and not really, not necessarily an in-the-flesh thing. Um, circumcision is only of value if you follow the law. And if you break the law, then your circumcision is basically null and void. So, alright, so we're going to continue on because... Um, he's trying to make the difference between being, you know, outward and physically a Jew and then being spiritually a Jew, which we are all, in a way, we are all spiritually Jews. That is a point that he does kind of make here if you read through that. Um, because we as Gentiles are grafted in to uh, <clears throat> God's family. The, the Jews were already there, you know. So they are considered the the children of God. They were already there, and we were grafted in, and now we are considered the children of God. So let me read chapter 3 here. I'm sure there's, there's a lot here, so we're going to be taking our time. Uh, we may read through things twice. We may try to discuss a lot of, you know, break things down, you know, a little bit at a time to try to understand what Paul is teaching because it's very important. So let me read uh, chapter 3 here. Um, just a second. I'm going to wet my whistle. Pardon me. <clears throat> Pardon me. I know uh, this is more of a relaxed thing. I'm not trying to do a wonderfully perfect thing um, that where my sound is, you know, um, one, I don't, I don't have that kind of voice and I don't have everything prepped out ahead of time and you know, we're just trying to do a nice, relaxed uh, kind of Bible study here and see what's really being said here. That's what we really want to know, what we really want to come away with. So, chapter 3 in the book of Romans. Then what advantage has the Jew? Or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. Let God be true, though everyone were a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. 
But if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. He's, he's saying this, you know, from a human uh, standpoint. By no means. For then, how could judge, judge God judge the world? But if through my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come? As some people slanderously charge us with saying they're con saying, okay, let me reread that. I'm, I'm not getting that stressed correctly. So, but if through my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come? As some people slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just. So he's saying that we're making that mistake. Let's, let's, let's continue on. We're going to come back. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it is written. Now remember when he says Greeks, that that is uh, the same as Gentiles, okay? Let's see. Um, give me just a moment. Alright, so verse 8, And why not do evil that good may come? As some slanderously charge us with saying, Their condemnation is just. And what then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it is written. Now, Greeks, like I was saying, that's um, Gentiles. Meaning non-Jewish, not, not an Israelite. So, let's continue. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So this is coming from different passages in Psalms. And uh, we could go look those up, but I'm not going to do that right now. I'll tell you um, that initially, that is Psalm 141, and there's some different verses, and then Psalm 53, and Psalm 5. So these are from the Psalms. This is things that uh, Paul has put together to show to, to prove his point as it is written this is the way we all are without God this is the way we have been and are without God this is the way people are without God now we know that whatever the law says it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God for by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall, sh 
fallen short. The, I say fallen. Now this says fall. But anyway, all have sinned and fall. And to me, it, for that to be past tense, it should have been all have sinned and fell short. But anyway, fall short of the glory of God. We have sinned and we do sin and we do fall short. So let's put it that way. Um, let's see. Fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Now here they're talking specifically about works of the law, meaning following ritualistic ideas and traditions. Pardon me, they're not talking about works like acts of kindness and, and, and love to one another, which are a different kind of works because it's talking about works of the law. And the, uh, especially, Paul is especially familiar with, you know, the Pharisees being one. And uh, he knows about all the things they did and do. Um, well, I don't know about do, but they did. Um, so he's talking about the works of the law. Or the works of the Old Testament, what they did, the uh, like I say, those traditions and those things that they acted out. and Okay, so, or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one. He will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we not, no, wait, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So here, in this chapter, we're, we're move, as we're moving through, um, Paul is making, he is making certain points about, um, he's shifting, you know, he's trying to shift us through from the law to living and believing uh, that we are righteous through faith instead of through the law. Because he talks about, let's go back to the beginning. You know, what advantage has the Jew? What is the value of circumcision? Well, they, historically, there is a lot, there's a lot of value to that. They were interested with the oracles of God. They had the items of faith. They had the tabernacle. They had um, the Ark of the Covenant. You know, back in the past, they had all these things, and they are—they um, were the first. They were the children of God. You know, when you look at the prodigal son, notice that there is an older son there, or at least I assumed he was the older son. Anyway, there's another son there, and he stayed there and stayed faithful with God. And you could make the argument that he's like the, like the Jewish, the faithful Jews that have always been there with God. And we're like the we're like the the young whippersnappers, the uh, 
the, the prodigal son. <laughs> you could sort of say that in a broad spiritual way. Um, that there is, you know, there is two, um, kind of like two separate um, parts to the to the um, family of God. Um, there's not now, really, but at that time back then, when all this was starting out, and uh, bef- it, when you still, when you look at the original first covenant, that was that was the Jews then. Now the Jews should naturally have transitioned to being Christians. That should that was that should have been what happened. Okay? But um but we know for a lot that that is not what happened. We do know that for some that did happen. So um alright, so anyway, but what's the advantage? And he's talking about the things in the past they were interested with the oracles. What if some were unfaithful? Does that nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. That does not. And he says, let God be true, though, you know, every everyone were a liar. So, our unrighteousness, he's talking about if our unrighteousness, if the things we do where we're wrong and the things that are bad, if that shows the righteousness of God that we are, like we're sinning or we're in the wrong or we're doing badly, but God shows his righteousness by forgiving us, by loving us, by caring for us, then should we act more sinful that God could act more righteous? No, no, that's that's definitely not. We should not do that. Um, that's not the idea, and that's what, that's what he's saying here. Um, though some, he says, as some slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just because some people have taken the message and they've gone that route. They've gone that route incorrectly, thinking, well, um, the more hedonistic I am, the worse lifestyle I live, the more God's love and grace abounds, then I should make sure that it abounds more by doing more wrong evil things or bad things and that's not the idea and that's you know that's what he's talking about here obviously some people had taken this the wrong way and maybe thought that and then he says are we Jews any better off okay now up here he says what advantage and he says there is an advantage you have that history and you have those things but then down here, he's saying, well, what then? Are we Jews any better off? And no, they're not any better off, for we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. So, because without God, we all is just like this. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. You know, when we're without God, a lot of times, you know, that's how we are. And we, uh, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness, and I can attest to that. When I've been, um, when I've been straying in my life, it's you know it, things are always wrong. Um, their feet are sh- swift to shed blood, I, and I've not done that myself, but still, that's true of some people. And in their paths are ruin and misery, and the the way of peace they have not known. So, still, he's still making that comparison, and he's going to shift us over to faith, though. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since the law comes 
since through the law comes knowledge of sin, the law is, is and was, the law um, was an instruction, it was largely an instruction of what not to do, and which kind of, if you, if you know how human nature is, when you tell somebody not to do something, there's a part of them, it makes them want to do it. You know, it's kind of like a little child, and, and with a little child, sometimes it's hilarious, I admit. But sometimes you tell them not to do something, and they just look at you, like you say, don't touch that, and, and their little hand is reaching out to touch it anyway, and maybe they laugh or whatever. And it's, you know, in that case, I admit it's kind of a humorous example, but, but um, you know, we have that little human nature when somebody tells us not to do something, we want to test them and see if, can we not do that? Are you sure we can't do that? You know, you sure, you sure it's not okay? And and we're trying to do that, and uh, so in a way, the law, you know, through through the law comes knowledge of sin. It, it brings sin with it, and it, you know, it's not uh, it's not a law of freedom like we have through faith through the new covenant with Jesus. Okay, and that's where we're going to next. Um, Paul says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Now, we're not, we're not removing, wiping away the law. And sometimes people pick and choose things. But the law, in general now, in a general sense, the law is still being is still true and is still working through um, the new covenant but in a different in a different way we're not we're not, it's like you know it's like in the old days there was a law to not maybe uh, spit gum on the sidewalk or tobacco juice or whatever and there was a reason for that in those days and that law may still on the be on the books now but it doesn't always, it's not, it's not really, it's like, we have the old blue laws is what I'm getting at. And um, sometimes those laws are ignored because things have changed and there's exceptions to that. Whereas there wouldn't have been in the past. In the past, the law was a strict, structured thing. And that's how the Pharisees really looked at it too, okay? The Pharisees, and Paul knows this, but the Pharisees looked at this as a very strict letter of the law. We will do this, even when it hurts someone, even when it's really, in a spiritually heartfelt way, it's the wrong thing, they would still have enforced that law. And so God is moving everything in us to a better covenant. A covenant of righteousness through faith, where the law... The principles of the law, the heart of the law, still exist. Because he says that he will put my law, you know, I will write that on your hearts. And um, so the law still exists, but not in the same way. And we wouldn't enforce a letter of the law approach and hurt someone with that. That's just not the way we should be or the way we need to be. Like Jesus said, I desire mercy not sacrifice so we should show others mercy that should be one of our primary things so but now the righteousness of god has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ for all who believe for all who believe 
the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we receive the righteousness of God in meaning not that we've done anything great and wonderful, but through Jesus we receive right standing with God. God forgives us. He loves everyone. He loves us all, but he, you know, he, he and he forgives. He forgives us, but we have to come to him through Jesus. We have to ask for forgiveness, and he does give that. And that puts us in right right standing with him. And it says, for there is no distinction. Now, Paul says, I'm sorry, but you know, the, the scripture here. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because we all have. We all, we all do, even on a daily basis. You know, maybe, you know, maybe we get through a day without sinning, but I just mean on a regular basis, we, we have sin, we, uh, we mess up, we, get a little selfish, we get a little stubborn, we want to do this or want to do that, and we shouldn't, but we do, and etc., etc. You get the idea. But we're all justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. And this, you'll notice, Let's see, we are justified by His grace as a gift. This is not anything we've earned. It's nothing, there's nothing we can do to earn it. It is being given to us from God through Jesus. This is a gift to the world, to everyone, if they would just receive it. This is for everyone. And it is a wonderful gift to bring us into right standing with God so that we can learn we can learn from God that's just the start that's just the beginning we can learn from God and we can try to become more like God and more like our Lord and that we can you know go to heaven where more will just continue I, I don't know what all will be there what all that's going to be like but you know we will live eternally with God so now Let's see, this is to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. So it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, so this was to show, well, what was this? This was the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. Jesus came forth and um, he redeemed us on the cross. And this was to show God's righteousness. Again, his righteousness, his divine forbearance, that he had passed over former sins. This was he was doing this for us all when we were, you know, we were very sinful. We were not, you know, the world was definitely not Christian. The world was not following God, but he was doing this to save the world, to save everyone. And you can look that in John three seventeen. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, you know. Um. So then, what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. Well, 
Of course it is. We can't boast. We did nothing to earn it. This was a gift from God. And this is righteousness through faith, believing in Jesus and following Jesus. By what kind of a law? By a law of works? No, not by a law of works. By the law of faith, belief in Jesus. That's where we get our right standing from. It's not that we don't do works. We do works that are acts of kindness because we believe in Jesus. But you notice that comes after. We're not getting there because of works. That's a part of what we do after in our daily lives to show that we are a part of the body of Christ, to show that we belong to God, and so that we can show God's righteousness and loving, loving care to others. So, so, no, but by the law of faith. By law of works, no, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. You're justified. You're justified by your belief in Jesus Christ, that he was the Son of God, that he died and rose again. <clears throat> You're justified by that belief. Now, from there on, based on that belief, certain things are expected and we do have to do certain things. But it's not a letter of the law type of traditional works. It's not, you're not hemmed in and confined to a specific set of ritualistic things that you have to do all the time. We go to church because we want to. We go to hear a sermon because we want to hear a sermon. We want to learn more about God. We pray because we want to. We want to pray to God. We want to have that conversation with God. Sometimes we want to bellyache and complain. And then sometimes we just want to be extremely thankful and grateful and appreciate all that he's done for us. We need to do that a lot more, but I'm just saying, sometimes you need to bellyache to God. You need to complain and ask him to help you get through some of those things. I mean, that's that's part of the conversation. Um, we do those things because we want to do those things, not because we're ordered and forced to. That's That's the whole wrong attitude. That's the whole wrong, you're not ordered and forced to. You want to do these things. And we want to do these things daily. We want to read our Bibles. We want to pray. We want to learn more and do more. And that's just daily, daily want to. And that's, that's the way we should be. Um, what's required of us, Jesus told us what was required of us, is to love one another, to care about one another, to watch out for each other, you know, to, to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you look, now really, that is, that is the heart of the law in a lot of ways. You know, love your God, love God with all your heart, okay? And then love one another, love your neighbor as yourself. If you go back to the heart of the law in the beginning, you'll find those same things are said. So, so Jesus is just stressing the heart of what was supposed to be all along, okay? So, hold on just a second. I'm really, really dry. Very sorry about that. <clears throat> so, pardon me. Mm. So, then Paul continues, Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also. That was... 
That was another big thing that Jesus was doing. He was grafting in. He was allowing us to be a part of God's family. Since God is one, yes, of the Gentiles also, since God is one, he will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. We're all going to be judged the same way as far as we're all going to be judged through faith. Now, there's different levels of things, you know, um, I don't I don't remember the scripture right off really well. I'm <clears throat> going to extremely paraphrase it. <clears throat> but, um, you know, from whom much is given, much is expected. And from whom little is expected, little is, little is given, little is expected. We all are in various places in life. And um, we may be in different countries and totally different situations. But we are expected to live through faith and to believe in Jesus and to act accordingly within that. Now, with the understanding that, let's say, you have someone who's really rich, they have a lot of resources, they should be doing a lot more. Then you have someone who's poor, they don't have a lot of resources, maybe they find it hard to even travel around, you can't expect as much out of them, and God understands that and knows that. So, But we will all still be justified by faith, we will all be judged through faith, by our faith, so that maybe maybe that poor person can only act in a small area around themselves and only affect a few people, but still, what of it? What if they preach the gospel to ten people and save one person? That's wonderful. That's terrific. Just because they didn't have the resources to preach to thousands and teach thousands of people and they didn't get to save hundreds of people, that doesn't mean... That, that they were not of value. Definitely. They they produced and they were of value. So um, we can't expect the same. Um, and some of that, I guess, is from sort of a human standpoint in a way, but not exactly. I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's a practical standpoint. Um, but nonetheless, he will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Um, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, on the contrary, we uphold the law because the law is in our hearts. We love God with all our heart and we love our neighbor as ourselves. And that, as Jesus says, that is all of the law and that's how we go. Through faith we believe in Jesus and then we act out those commands. We act out that. That is the that is the spirit and heart of the law, and we act that out in our lives. Um, our works are not works of, of <clears throat> ritualistic commands and obedience like that. Our works are acts of love and caring for one another. And even people who are teaching the word and preaching the word and doing whatever, that is an act of love um, from them to whoever, whoever they can, whoever they can speak to, whoever it might help. And I'm not really trying to say anything about myself. I'm just saying that I was thinking of uh, different preachers I've heard and different people I've listened to and different people who have taught me things. So anyway, so like I say, um, that is chapter three. Now we're going to continue in chapter four next time around. And we're going to start, it looks like Paul is going to start uh, with Abraham. And he's going to continue all this um, 
see how did they say that back here let me look at that again uh, this systematically reasoning approach he's going to continue this and teach uh, and teach the uh, basically in a way I think Romans is here in this order where it is because it teaches a lot of the foundational Christian um, beliefs and ideas and that's what he's doing here he's trying to teach it to Jews and to Gentiles at the same time because there were some of both in this group of believers so anyway that's Romans chapter 3 thank you for listening hope you have a wonderful day um, stay safe out there I know right now we're all going through some trying times uh, but stay safe watch out for your family watch out for others um, Remember that uh, the other people you see are, they're also stressed and going through the same things. So it's, I know it's a trying time, but, uh, but we need to remember that we're all, we're all in this together and we can, we can get through this. Um, so, all right. So thanks for listening again. And remember, God loves you.